What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 130 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. I'm so happy we're at like 130. 129 just didn't feel right. 130 feels good. 130 feels good. 127, I was okay with. 128 was great. 129, just something about it. Not into it. Joe, as always, our numbers guy likes to chime in and uh, give his thoughts on where we stand episode wise uh, 130 points is the amount of points that steph curry would have scored last night if he played uh, all four quarters <laughs> cool. i mean he story. scored 51 and three he was just gonna go it's suddenly going to, going to uh really surpass that production that uh um you know unheard of production by by twice that much yeah yeah well i guess not i guess not 130 yeah probably not I take it back. Uh, like probably like one. Um, Just say sixty nine. Well, no, 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 no. I was gonna say like one, one ten, or one twenty, like a solid one twenty, uh, because you know how many points we would have scored in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Sixty nine. Got, got it. Yeah. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, I was already ahead of you. <laughs> I knew you were going before you even went there. You mean I zigged before you zagged. One twenty nine. Probably be yeah. No, because it's a nine with the 51 that he scored in the three. Got it. 51, 69, 120. Got it. I'm so, not good at maths. Yeah. So 69 plus in the. I, I did it right. I also had no idea how many, exactly how many. Oh, he scored, he scored 51 and three quarters. <laughs> he made 11 threes. Oh, good. I'm so um, glad. Ele- that- 11 threes are more than 50 points. Um, he's done it like five times. In total, other players throughout history have done it three times total. Got it. I, I'm sure all of our uh, disc golf listeners are very excited to that we shifted from football slightly to tidbits. basketball. It wasn't really even a shift; it was just like a well. I mean, like in the in like the realm of our podcast, like we probably had a good six or seven episodes with some football tinge. We did, yeah. And if the Thursday night football games weren't so terrible so far, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks at least, we probably would be talking football right now. And and we would be talking more baseball if uh, our beloved Giants were still doing things. But go Red Sox. We'll just leave it there. I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Even though I know there's a ton of people that just hate the Red Sox, there's probably an equal number of people that absolutely despise the Red Sox as there are that absolutely despise the Dodgers. Wouldn't you say? Um, surely. There might actually be, surely there might actually be more Red Sox haters. Out there, just because there's. I feel like there's more so many Yankee fans. I feel like there's more Yankee haters though than there are any. Oh, for sure. Um, and then it's and then it and it probably goes Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, and hate groups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like of baseball teams, not like yeah minorities and whatnot. Uh, should we hit tennis next, or uh, now that we're just cycling through the sport and just volley some tennis? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Um, I know we have, we definitely have some listeners. I mean, there was who are some super recent controversy with the bocce ball championships that we should. Probably That's not cover true. That's not well. true. That is a that is a pure sport, and there's uh, never been a single issue in that sport. And of course, we will hit foot golf because Fuck we that. are all things golf on. And there, there the goes our podcast. Uh, for the reason that we have the. Uh, the explicit tag. The explicit that's, tag. That's where yep. You're going. yep that's, Don't worry. That's uh, in post production, you'll you'll probably bleep that out, right? Oh yeah, probably. No, I'm not gonna do it. No. Come Bummer. on. Come on. Come on, man. I mean, that's that's like 
It's like your thing. You like doing that. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. You told me many times, I love going through and processing the audio and looking for, you know, little issues, bleeping out curse words. It's like your favorite thing. You're like a... No, it's it's 100% my favorite thing. I'm really bad at it, though. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to the last 129 episodes. I am awful at bleeping out the curse words i have it does seem like you don't put a very concerted effort towards it well no the real thing is people don't <laughs> y'all don't realize this um i i probably bleep out 90 percent of it <laughs> we're just that awful of human beings <laughs> just we record for like nine hours yeah the ones that get through are just like anomalies the rest is just tirades of like expletive after expletive yeah um, and I clean those up, uh, but you know, everyone's on a little fuck gets in there, and you know, well, it will happen. It's a sensitive world right now, so I have to cut out your tirades about you know various groups of people and stuff like that. It's important just to keep us down the middle of the road here on the Disc Golf Podcast. There's no room for horses. Where we are, what like four and a half minutes in, and we've yet to talk about disc golf. Uh, you said we're the disc golf podcast. That's true. I, I've said disc golf several times, hoping that it will trigger you to start talking about disc golf. Rather, Why are you trying to trigger me, bro? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that difficult. We could we could just, you know, talk about some disc golfer that has a better beard than you. That would be a really easy way to... Pretty positive the said disc golfer doesn't exist. Uh, well, there's at least a few that... That, that oh, count. that's not true. Actually, I did. There was a dude who like was full on. I, have you seen uh, our our uh, disc golf podcast Slack moderator Joey's beard lately? That thing is thick and flowing. I mean, it's oh, it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice. You know what though? He's not a professional disc golfer, so he can pass. <laughs> and I won't try and battle that at this point. When we meet in person, uh, there might be a beard off, and that'll just be me like staring at him, just like, be like wow. angrily for super long. <laughs> Um, or just like getting him hammered drunk and getting yeah. some clippers and be like, ah, bro, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you don't, you don't remember. You're like hammer. You're like, oh, trim my beard. Oh, I just don't want to do that. It's you cool. You can't be a true beard person and, and admit to, to clipping someone's beard. That isn't that. No, like- not at all. You, everyone, uh, you got to love each other's beards. Uh, I would like to also throw in just so everyone knows, um, I've made it, uh, known in my, uh, fans football slack group that group of friends a beard without a mustache is not a beard agreed if if the beard does not connect all the way through the face uh it is not a beard right so just know that just know that if, so the the people that have neck facial hair yeah if you have like a neck beard or like patchy stuff like that's cool like that's a cool like facial hairstyle it is not a beard so don't come and out try and out beard me with that garbage <laughs> it doesn't count it's not real this week on uh, Beard Talk with Joe Hardiman. <laughs> this week on Beard Down. <laughs> Beard and Down. Beard and Down. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, where you do a uh, a beer and beard pairing. Where you take a beer, you take a beard, and you put them together. And, and well, like you dip you different could, people's beards in beer and then and suckle that it, beer <laughs> out of the beards. Oh, and uh, that's how you know Weird. what's good or not. You know? <laughs> All right, we've got a great episode for you guys tonight. We are going to recap the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about U-Disc because there's some cool stuff with the 
them in the PDGA. We have a nice uh, call from one of our listeners that was sent in that will break down and we'll do our world-famous deer review where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Discmania PD, and we're pairing with Drift Racer Double India Pale Ale by Bear Republic Brewing Company. Hazy yeah. Double India Pale Ale. Ooh. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's all we got for, for this one. You Are you ready to, like, actually talk disc golf now, or should we continue on the, the beard beer dipping? Um, gosh. The beard dip. I mean, I'm probably ready for disc golf. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else... Uh, Anything else big that's happened in the last few weeks? I mean, there's not in our disc golf world. Uh, Robin doesn't play disc golf anymore. He has retired. I mean, I I play disc golf. I just like haven't stepped foot on a course in a couple weeks because <laughs> various family obligations and and you know Joe sabotaging um, a tournament. I mean, I guess I sabotaged it, but you also <laughs> didn't have to say anything to your wife about it not happening. <laughs> Fair enough. Like you already had permission to go play. We totally could have just gone and played. Fair enough. During said time. Yeah, but also like had the tournament in the right time and we still could we could have been there and like it would have been awesome. Yeah, it was also on a Friday. We weren't that wasn't going to happen. I, maybe probably not. Probably. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> um which sucks. Uh we got we got uh, we were invited to do something really cool and I fucked it up. But so you know. ap- apologies to to Plow Brewing. Sorry, Vince and, and Plow. Vince. But I, it looks like they had an amazing tournament up here. Um, and we'll play with Vince again. And hopefully, if he's got a whole crew of brewers who play, we can get down on some of that uh, badass stuff later. You know what I do want to... Um, uh, an unsolicited shout-out slash plug, uh, purely because I'm looking over to your right. Um, there is an amazing towel in the world. And for us, we're getting close to rain. Uh, in, in Sonoma rains are about to start and we get a lot of rain through our winter. We are lucky enough that there's not really like a, an off season in Northern California. There's just like, it's wet and you got to be prepared to know that you're playing in the rain. Um, and then it's cold and that's, that's the worst that we get. Uh, I played a doubles tournament with our buddy Shane, uh, because Robin could have made her doubles tournament and, it was a DGA sponsored tournament and in like the the players pack they had their own little like towels. These things are amazing. Like I didn't know such a thing existed. Yeah, it's like it's a uh, it it's just this towel that wicks so much moisture and it like literally gets your disc dry instantly and it, they're pretty great. We got a couple of them since then cuz we were so amazed by how well it worked. Um, but it's just like a very thin, like chamois type, uh, type towel. And as long as the disc's like already clean, like you want to, you want to make sure you get like the sticks and the mud and stuff like that off of there. But, uh, it's a DGA, uh, disc dry. Yeah. DRI dash DRI. Um, check them out. This is not a sponsor. It's not at all. We purchased multiple of these like through tournaments and through their website, um, I was just looking at it, and I thought it would be a cool thing to let you all know about since um, winter is coming, and some of you uh, have winters similar to ours that are rainy or wet um, and not snowy and awful and unplayable. But, it, you know, you, you know when you're out there and you're playing and you have a standard kind of, uh, you know, cotton towel, and even though you've, you've 
quote unquote completely dried your disc, it still has moisture on yep, it. Yep. And then by the time you get to hole three, you're no longer drying your disc. You're just like getting the massive droplets. Wiping the slop off. Yeah. yeah. And you're wringing out your towel because it's so full. Yeah. Like this one, the towel uh, doesn't feel wet even after it's absorbed tons of liquid. And it totally dries the disc. I'm yeah. amazed by this. Uh, I've never seen a towel like it, um, especially for disc golf. So I just wanted to give a, a little shout out and, yeah. and say definitely worth picking one up. Um, yeah. And again, in no way uh, were we, you know, was this a sponsor thing? We just. We but just if there is someone from DGA and you want to send us a whole bunch to get out to people, <laughs> like we're totally down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty great. We were pretty impressed by it the only other thing i've seen do as close of a job was it like a like a genuine leather chamois um which uh which are expensive yeah so these are like 10 bucks uh totally worth it totally worth it so yeah all right you ready to to talk about the disc golf pro tour championship yes so uh the disc golf pro tour championship uh which is a bracket style uh tournament where the each individual card um has uh has a winner of that card um you know proceed to the next level of of each bracket so at the end of it it's just four players going against each other um in this style of tournament so totally different than than the uh stroke play that we normally see on on all these tournaments kind of to be honest I find it a little weird to have a whole bunch of disc golf pro tour events that are all standard, you know, uh, stroke play and then have a bracket challenge at the very end to determine a winner. But, um, it's interesting nonetheless. It is. It's kind of funny. I mean, there's buys and I mean, it's a regular bracketed thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I will tell you, um, well, I guess maybe in the FPO, did the winner come from buys? I'm sure she did. She might have had some buys, but I know like with the men's, the the people in it at the end, the majority of the people in the in the end had played multiple days on the course, mm-hmm. and I think that's to their advantage to yeah. play multiple days in a row on the same course and really understand the weather and the wind and how it works. Whereas with the buys, with the men, there were a lot of the top tier pros that didn't make it beyond the first or second day yeah. because it was their first t- day on the course. I think it's more just, I think that the, well, because Sexton had played no practice rounds, right. showed up on Saturday and made it to the finals. Um, That's right. But uh, but I think it's more just that that when you do bracket challenges like this, like it's totally, it's more randomness. Like these really good guys over four rounds they're going to be better than most people all the time but when it's just one round they have one bad bad round and they're gone so i think it has more to do with just the fact that it's a small sample size yeah i would almost say maybe you um have a harder cut in the front like before the challenge at the end Mm -hmm. and maybe have it already pared down to like the top or 20 you know just and then go like a regular tournament I don't know. I mean, I like I like Well, so the difference was with that said, um each round mm. they went there was guaranteed money. Oh yeah, yeah. So you couldn't have 80 people enter and be like, "Well, you all get $500 for entering." Yeah. Yeah. Um and they had to qualify with points, so there was qualifiers throughout and I oh, get totally. that. Yeah. But I do think one 
for a consumer like myself of disc golf, like I want to see everyone play every day. Me too. Like I want to see the yeah. top pros play every day. I don't want to yeah. see one day of, of Paul McBeth who obviously was not all the way on it that day and, uh-huh. and is done. Um, I want to see the big boys run three days in a row. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that it's a neat idea, but I kind of hope that they they maybe don't do it next year. And they, they do a championship that is, you know, maybe instead of three rounds like most of the other ones, they, they do, you know, five rounds or something like that. You know, treat it more like Worlds where where they do a true championship or or just, you know, have, I don't know. I I, I, if, I like it. I just think it's a little. What if they did it like uh, the NFL Pro Bowl used to be? Mm-hmm. Where there's tons of like individual challenges before the <laughs> final tournament, like they do that with a lot of tournaments. Like they the accuracy, like the throwing challenges that they had. Where right, right. So like, and this, if you did it this way, that would actually get all the big boys to come out to like the distance championship, mm-hmm. right? Like Paul and Rick, yeah. and then they don't come out to those anymore. They're like, I'm about the money. Like, make it this combined effort where it's like. You all have to join in the putting championship. You all have to join in the distance competition. Mm-hmm. You all have to join in um, an ace race or something. Like, I think that would be a, fucking like a disc, rat. Go- a a disc golf d- obstacle course. Yeah, like, like you have to jump over challenge. hurdles and make a putt. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. That's, uh, <laughs> but something fun like that. Like, have have a hole like a putt like a a forty foot putt that just has really awkward uh stance where you like have to like wrap around a tree and figure out how to get in like weird marking i think a disc golf like actual challenge challenge mm-hmm. would be pretty rad it'd be fun i think it'd be super cool i think I, that would I make still, it more I, I don't know i don't think people would watch it okay maybe not for disc golf not maybe not for the dgpd tour championship but maybe at the end of the season like like the Pro Bowl, like I said, like when it wraps up. Yeah, like, but nobody watches the Pro Bowl. I I used to watch those things. I loved the quarterback challenge and the lineman challenge. Uh-huh. You ever watch those on ESPN? Oh, of course, yeah. Those were the best ever. I want those back. I they kind of do it here and there in the last couple of years. Yeah, but it's not the same. But there was nothing like cooler than watching, uh, like Steve Young destroy the QB challenge because yeah. a lot of it is like being able to scramble and run and throw on the run. And yeah. like watching them throw the long like a, ball, like a target rad. on a golf cart that they had. totally, <laughs> totally right. Put a basket See? on top of a that golf would cart. Also, that would also like put Simon in like a crazy. Well, I mean, they do like those trick shots, stuff. like the the guys do those videos and stuff. They like do, that. they do. But I think bringing a live component or I don't know. Yeah, I just think that they they should go with what works and what people want to see, which is the best players in the world playing against each other. You know, until the last day. And not have it have it, uh, you know, like the the or maybe the tour it- the tour championship just you know ended on the final bracket with a minus four, or or you know, like or you have uh, extra so like while the bracket is going on, you still have the big boys in and girls um, doing like skins matches or something. Yeah, like have some extra added cash for that or something. Find yeah. a sponsor for that. And I, I don't. My my point wasn't so much that they need to do something different. My point is that that they need to just like they're already trying to do that. They're doing this crazy stuff. And well, I I like the thought of doing something different. I know you don't. I like the thought of like being innovative. Uh, I think it's a neat thought. 
I don't Obviously know, but, it but here it is. You well. got your final thing, and it was the the winner, Chris Dickerson, uh, with a minus four round. And then, yes, and I know you hate Chris Dickerson, and, and you don't you, think but he should have won the, the other ones, and you have minus thirteen, you know, and like all these other ones. So, like you know, Chris Dickerson actually, you know, I'm I'm not meaning to to uh, play yes, him down because yes, yes he had the best round each day of this entire tournament, which is awesome. Like he had the hot round every single day. Um, so I, I don't think it would have changed the result of this particular tournament because clearly Chris Dickerson would have had the best score regardless, but I would have liked to have seen, you know, everyone there and like the final result of this, Chris Dickerson, Nate Sexton, Ricky Wysocki, Nicola Castro. Like, that's great. Those I, I love, and Kevin Jones, I love watching all of those players. That's fantastic. I just would also like to see everyone else competing in it too. I just. And the the bracket thing doesn't doesn't do it for me. I don't I don't I feel like there's you give yourself more chances to eliminate um uh you know great great play by other players than you than you get benefits. So So I'm going to Are you gonna do another crazy idea now? I am. Were you even listening or were you just thinking about like the next <laughs> Oh, were you saying things? Yeah, I was. I was uh, talking. I was just talking to myself. Um <laughs> Uh, you're, you're thinking about double eliminations, oh, a longer bracket. Oh God! I mean, that's the only other thought. Uh, I think it makes total sense. You have like a like a pressure sensitive putting circle where players have to make putts without their feet touching the ground. We call it the no, because you need to have a foot touching the ground at each time that you do that. But maybe you don't. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't get called. Call it call but, it the uh, ulical. Oh, did you see uh, there was like a there was a putt that someone posted of like McCray fully being like front foot down four feet in front of his putt with the disc in his hand. Yeah, <sighs> that's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was thinking more like uh, speed putting like you have a stack of however many discs of your mold <laughs> and you have one minute to make as many putts as you can. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That would be rad. I'm talking about ideas for a the, a tour I'm championship. Going, I'm, going, I'm going back to my and challenge. You're talking about I'm like going a, back to my challenge. Like my challenge circus. is great. Yes, yes. I think the circus. Well, I mean, that's is a amazing. totally fine thing in its own like separate different place, but not for a tour championship. Like what? That doesn't do anything. Those are, those yeah, are side a, shows. Like a 360 drive off. These are things that are at these tournaments all the time. Distance championships, putting leagues, like all the all the sorts of things. They're there. Not everybody participates in them, and that's because you not like, do, everybody you do, wants to watch you them. Do, you do a round where... When was uh, the last time... Stop, stop, let me, let me... You do a round where the top four competitors uh, put their names into a hat, and whosoever name you pull out, you have to... You throw their bag. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> There's these things called sponsors that... <laughs> Probably. The sponsor is still gonna get love, like oh yeah, describe be pissed or not describe because there's not whatever. A top. Uh, <laughs> Paul, uh, Paul Macbeth would just straight up he'd get like a uh, someone else's bag and just every single disc just straight into the first tray, <laughs> like every single whatever. One. No, he wouldn't. He he wouldn't make so much money like if he picked up Ricky's uh, Lat sixty four bag and just was crushing shit. Lat would be like. Thank you. It would never happen. We just sold so many discs right now because Paul just crushed that. <laughs> it would never happen. Kevin ever. Jones would be like, why the fuck have I been throwing pro discus? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. 
I'm talking about amazing. <laughs> trying things. to steer this towards a serious conversation. What, just... uh, why are you saying I'm not serious? <laughs> These are great ideas. This is what the people want. When was the last time you watched a putting competition? You've n- literally never done. Oh, it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's never. A, You've never uh, done it. That t- you know that time. That, when was the last know? time you watched the distance competition? Never. You've never no, done. Like, it. You want to know why? <clears throat> because it's really hard to film a distance competition and have it be interesting film. No, there's that like. Uh, that's that's why. Is that, that, that time, you know, the guy. Oh, he's like, whoa, look at my throw. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Now, I will admit, I would like to see guys throwing at a basket on top of a golf cart, but that's not a whole, you know, like like broadcast. That's not going to work. All right, so it doesn't have to inform. <laughs> time out. It doesn't have to inform the championship. Let's take it all back. Get some out of cash. Let like the big boys <laughs> do some some fun stuff on the side to get some more mm-hmm. money. Um. Speed, it, speed putt sounds amazing. Uh, skins with others' bags is a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. No sponsor. You're right. Sponsor would never sign off on that. It really no. wouldn't work. That's why you do it like right in the like as soon as the off season. You like the next day, and you're like, well, there's nobody has a contract right now. Let me guess. Next, you'd like to put the basket of hole 17 on a barge in the water for USDGC. No, I don't want people to lose it. Like, there's nothing. That's like the worst feeling on earth. It's not like there's no part of me that is stoked when someone's disc is in the water. That's the worst. There's no. There's no positive to that ever. Like, there's no part of me that's like, yeah. How about this, Joe? You could have an underwater tour series for the championship where they throw their discs underwater. Would would that be a great idea? You like that? No, (laughs) I do not. Um. I would be stoked if there was uh, where, like, there was a Mando, like a floating Mando where you had to skip off the water. That'd be sick. <laughs> but that's, like, more tournament. That's not, like, that's not a, a special fun end of uh, end of the season thing. <laughs> special fun end of the season thing. That's That made sense. That's gonna that be, made sense. If you ever do a tournament, you have to name it that Joe's special fun end of the season thing presented by listen everybody help me raise money let's do this crazy <laughs> challenge the disc golf challenge let's make it happen it would be amazing it'd be so much fun robin's like oh there's like this famous round that supposedly was filmed but they lost the f- i don't know we'll never see it i don't think but the there's like a famous Macbeth versus steve rico left hand only round have you heard about that no Oh, supposedly that's like out, like CCDG filmed it somewhere, but lost the footage or something. Uh, there's another, that's another fun challenge. Yeah, that'd be a great way to determine a, uh, a tour championship. I'm saying this is outside of the tour championship. I'm saying this is like added cash for funsies at the end of the season, not as part of the tour <laughs> championship. This is a whole different thing that I'm going for. I think it could, <laughs> I think it could uh, be. A, a thing i don't think so I there just, used to be before disc golf frisbee there was like competition where people saw like tried to figure out how long they could keep a disc in the air all right all the things that i'm bringing up are better than that listen in and my- i'm sorry old school <laughs> frisbee people because y'all are rad and i mean no disrespect I mean, these are all great ideas for 1978 i mean they'd be fantastic but you know, Robin's just upset because he doesn't have like a cool bone in his body. He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't hold my own in any of these things because <laughs> it just takes too much creativity and awesomeness. Hey, I got this idea. We could like have this tournament 
where you throw at the it's basket. It's not a tournament. This is aside from the tournament. <laughs> we have this competition where you throw at the basket, and then the other person has to throw at the basket from the exact same spot. And if you don't make it, you get a letter. For real, though, a horse would be super fun. That'd be a f- I would be totally down with that because people would get like crazy turbos and get. I was really hoping you would catch the basketball reference and and. Oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> I was I went straight to horse because horse is a good game. Well, there's all these other games too, like uh, like Frank was trying to tell me about these games that they play at his local course. Um, <laughs> no, it's like and they're like. <laughs> dumb games and he's like how do you not know this game like because nobody wants to do that but i guess some people do that could be part of it also i think um a a mix-up a mashup of all these cool little challenges would be super fun for some added cash they'd be fun to watch for me what if there was a a league bench press competition yes no what if what if there was a league where uh if you make a putt from 15 feet it's a single and if you make a putt from 25 feet, it's a double. And but you can psych people out while they're doing <laughs> and it. And 35 feet, it's a triple. And 45 is a home run. But your teammates get to talk trash and try to try to get people to miss their shot. And you score just like baseball, where you where you you know get runs every time your players make it in. And you can't shoot from the same spot twice. And uh, we we call it uh, discet ball. Mm, I feel like you could have gotten better than that. Um, but how would you get like a double play? I'm already, I'm already <laughs> trying to think about it. Well, I mean, you you have defenders in there, and, and they would they would have to like. I th- I would say a double play would be uh, if their putt didn't touch anything, and you caught it as a defender, mm-hmm. and then and then hit the putt from, with it from, from where, where you caught, caught it. it. Yeah. I know you're like making stuff up, but like you're selling me right now. Right now, like I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm kind of into. Should we this. stop the podcast? Go Let, out in the driveway and let's and, stop the podcast. Let's write this up. Let's copyright it. Then we'll come back. Um, get, all right, all right. So we're back, ladies and we gentlemen. We did copyright this. You can't take this. <laughs> Discet ball <laughs> is uh, it's taken care of. Oh man! Uh, if you'd like to play, you want official rules? You hit us up. I like legit. That'd be fun. <laughs> Not gonna lie. All right, the uh, World Discet Ball Championship coming to you in 2019. We'll we'll bring it there. Uh, All right, we, we can move on. But legit, uh, I think I have very valid <laughs> ideas. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. So Chris Dickerson is your winner. Uh, like I said before, he had the hot round. Despite Robin hating that he is the winner. No, Chris Dickerson absolutely. Before we started the pod, it. Robin was like, "It should have been Sexton. This is bullshit." Well, Sexton, we should we should bring this up next. But uh, Sexton had himself uh, some controversy during this during this final round. Sexton but- didn't have himself. He was in the midst of controversy without him wanting yes. to be. So uh, hole fifteen on uh, on the course. So this is in uh, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. But uh, hole fifteen is an island hole that was surrounded by uh, um, railroad ties, which are like wooden, you know, planks essentially. Big, big wooden. And there was one uh, section of that that was missing because they apparently needed to get a lawnmower through. And so there's a section of the island where a disc could skip through. And uh, that's exactly what happened to Nate Sexton. 
Um, he threw a forehand shot and and kind of skipped right through where he's right in line, and no one really knew how to score it at the time. You know, people are thinking, well, he's probably OB, but there was no PDGA official. Also, with that said, didn't disc golf pro tour official cleanly through it. It it stayed within. Yeah, it stayed within like where a railroad tie where the railroad tie would be, and um and so and and inexplicably Steve Dodge was like not present and there was no other official uh, nearby either. So there was kind of a bit of a delay with them trying to figure out what was going on. And when eventually getting Steve Dodge on the phone uh, who um, decided at that time that uh, Nate Sexton was OB, he did take a provisional shot um, and made it. So he, he made his shot for two and then, and then also, um, you know, ended up taking a a four, so a two stroke swing on on what could have been, uh, you know, a birdie for him. So, and he was understandably, you know, pretty miffed by the whole thing. I think there is there's a couple of questions or a couple of thoughts on the whole thing, which is yes. one, was it actually OB, uh, you know, and and all that sort of thing, which I don't think. It's it's really hard to define. I mean, by what they're saying, yes, but there's nothing in writing uh, for that whole thing. I think it's kind of the bigger part of this is that the the tournament itself kind of fell on their face a little bit. There's no writing that explains where the OB line is. Like basically, what they said was that the uh, that space between the railroad ties was an OB stripe. Like like the width of the railroad, railroad ties tie, yeah. was was OB, and normally an OB is a string. So like if your disc is you know any amount of disc that is on the safe side of the string, you're safe. But his disc was fully in the OB stripe, but that's not stated anywhere. So like if a disc skips up and lands on top of a railroad tie. It's technically OB, but it doesn't say that anywhere. But where is it on the railroad tie? Like, is yeah, it the back or the front? Exactly. Is there an edge kicking over? So, so that was Sexton was I, talking I think about. The, the biggest piece is a four foot chalk line, which should have been there. Yep, would have solved. Would everything. have solved everything. I know. And there's talk, and if you get on Reddit a or anywhere, and people are like, "Oh, well, the railroad tie should have been there." Like, I don't. The railroad tie doesn't need to be there. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, a line, a four foot chalk line. Yep. Or string, or whatever. Or paint, or paint, like whatever. Like, put that down. What are you doing? I know. What are you and doing? And then, and then to further that, because like it could be worse too, where. The disc is so close to that edge, and now you're having to visually yeah. make the line with your eyes, and you and for you a railroad don't know. tie that doesn't exist, and you don't know, and yeah. it could uh, like, yeah, either like it's just silly, yeah. And then to make matters worse, like this is your disc golf pro tour championship, right? It's like ten G's so, on the line, so there's lots of money on the line. It's your tournament. Why isn't Steve? Do- and there's only one card playing. There's only five people playing in the entire course. Why isn't the tour director there or some other official there to make this go smoothly? Like, I totally understand why Sexton... His, his glasses broke. He had to get... Like, I just... That, to me, 
that part of it is your your thing about like just put a line down and then also what else are you doing? I was actually like, like why? What, as, what else as is the going TV, on? How are you not just walking with the group? Yeah. How are you not being like, oh, the fruits of my labor? Like, let's watch this Here's awesome the like culmination of our the best pros in the sport. Yeah. Here's the culmination of all of our work this year on this tour that we're we're pushing along. And uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go to Arby's and you know. <laughs> Just work on a sponsorship, smash. not not uh, not eat some meats, <laughs> some meat sandwiches. But I just but no, that's that is that's inexcusable. Like that's the most. You're right. Yeah. That's the most ridiculous piece of all of it. That there wasn't some like how how do you not have some when you have ten grand on the line of your like company's money basically, and a tour that you set up and you set the rules for. And you're not following and, uh, the card of the last five people. And we know that that Steve Dodge is a hardworking man, and and he's probably was doing something very important. Uh, well, t- he's but, not the TD though. Like I don't even yeah. blame Steve Dodge. I blame the TD more than I do Steve Dodge. Yeah. Because when you're the CEO of some shit, you hire someone and say like, "This is your job to do this." Like I'm trusting you. I'm paying you like this is what you do so the and then, and tournament then director was steve dodge so steve what are you <laughs> doing dude what are you doing i don't care if you're hard work i take everything back um you're nice we've talked to you before but seriously like steve dodge if y'all didn't know before disc golf pro tour was a prolific tournament director yeah Oh, he's done like Vibram Open now. The MVP, yeah. like that was his baby. Like he built that. Yeah, I just that's my main thing. I don't know where, why, why he wasn't present to to be able to handle that right away, and or walk the course beforehand, and 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 that's the kind of thing that you're supposed to do is look for. No, you need to be there. And if you're not going to be there, you make sure someone is there that has like yeah. the ability to make judgment. That's you know. just that is just. But also, you know, walk Bush. the course beforehand and and look through those things. So I I just think that 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 was that sucks. And it kind of like and this is the last tournament, you know, a, a last major tournament. So you're kind of like, you know, putting a little bit of a bad taste uh, in people's mouths about about the disc golf pro tour kind of finale here. So I don't know. It, it, I don't think that. I mean, Chris Dickerson deserved to win. I don't I don't want to take that away from him. Um, if if Nate Sexton had gotten his two on that on that hole, um, we'd be talking about a playoff instead. And but Dickerson also, killed it the whole also, time. Yeah, he did. Also, Nate Sexton probably doesn't hulk out on the final three holes if that doesn't happen. Like he straight up rage, like played perfect golf after that. So <laughs> Nate Sexton rage. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole yeah, different that's rage. True. That's like that was him. Like if you watch the video of him, they'd be like, "Well, I don't think this is." <laughs> Why is there not a line? Oh no, he was he was not he was not. Angry. He was as no. heated as you will see Nate Sexton be heated. Yeah, yeah. Which you have heard Rob and I be ten times more heated. We with just each got other way more. Podcast, we just got way more angry than than, uh, than Nate Sexton has ever been yeah, on film. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, I mean that that's that's true. Also, he he was very respectful and uh, gee golly, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> but um 
you know, you could tell that he was irked by it and, and, and yeah. So I, you know who else is irked by it? I'll tell you right now. Chris Dickerson is because there's this right here, I, yep. and he's like, I agree. "Did you see what I did all the other rounds? Yeah, like let did you me see have my this. eleven downs let and me, thirteen downs. Let me and- let me have this, which he deserves. Yeah, one hundred percent. But he's now having. To, I'm sure he's getting messed and being like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, probably. We're just and then he's like, you know what? Add up my scores. I would have won by double digits. Like, <laughs> by the way, this just did Chris Dickerson to Innova. <laughs> So uh, it was good. I I I overall I enjoyed it despite uh, everything I've said on this podcast about uh, not liking bracket play, being annoyed by this whole fifteen thing. Um, it was it was good. I I had I enjoyed watching the different different cards and different players. I would prefer standard kind of tournament layout uh, personally, but uh, it's it's a fun um, fun change of pace. I just don't think it should be a tour championship put it in as as a disc golf pro tour stop and have a bracket play challenge kind of one of them sure why not but um uh i don't know i'm not convinced so all right you got any any final thoughts on on uh on disc golf pro tour championship um sarah hokum pooped on everyone yes i just uh i mean that same thing Paige Pierce didn't make it very far. Um, she, you know, I mean, I think ha- running in, we said Paul McBeth and Paige Pierce were going to win everything um, yeah. as we normally do, and they didn't. Um, shout out to to Paige Bierkus for putting it together. Shout out for Katrina Allen. She was doing very well also, and then Hokum, you know, her just – her expertise of being able to do it all. And this is a big bomber course too. This is not the super technical get after it. Although it has a couple holes like that. Um, I think that's awesome that Hokum crushed it. And, and I do think that this does give more credence than we have in the past to Hokum and her ability to take down the big wide courses too, because her other big, uh, disc golf pro tour stop win was the sf open mm-hmm. that was another very wide yeah. open big bomber but that was course. pretty technical too true lots of ob lots of uh all i'm trying to say is the one-dimensional hokum that i think we started the year with uh we we can wash that out of our minds yeah i agree that when yeah. hokum is on she is as good as any woman in the game yeah, and then yeah, Paige Pierce with the first round uh, bye, so to speak, and uh, ended up coming up a stroke short of Jessica Weiss and uh, did not advance to the finals. So um, and Weiss was the leader after day one. So mm-hmm. I I do think there's a lot of credence to playing all the days. Yeah. So Sarah Hokum uh, it ended up winning uh, with a three down round in the in the finals. Uh, Katrina Allen in second with two down, uh, Jessica Weiss with a four over, and Paige Bierkus with a 14 over. She so. was just like, I'm out of school. Like, Disco's about to be over. It's part time to party. That's not true. Probably not. But, yeah. So, 
All right, and then quickly, since we're look, staring at the UDIS Live uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour page at the moment, um, it came out actually shortly after our last podcast that uh, the UDISC has become the official app of the PDGA, um, which is like, in my opinion, the most obvious essential thing that needed to happen with, with the PDGA in disc golf. Like, I, I can't think of something that makes more sense. Because the UDISC app is awesome, and uh, and the PDGA app is, and I'm hoping that that uh, on top. Whoa, of, there's there's a PDGA app. There is, yeah. Ooh. There, well, there was. I don't know if it's still out there. I, it's right. Um, but I I think this is going to be fantastic. Number one, uh, we know that they're going to start uh, adding support for for league play for PDGA league play. So all of these leagues that that uh, run around on on you know paper scorecards and stuff like that can start automatically being synced through the UDISC app, which will be amazing. And uh, on top of that, I think we're gonna get to see PDGA round ratings. I will say I I haven't had confirmation of that, but I don't see why not now. No, that no, definitely. Well, that's something they've talked about from the very beginning. Yeah, they've that been wanting to do it. The more people we can get going on this. Oh, that might have a different app. I think that integration is huge. Yeah. Um, that's something that we we definitely use, Rob and I use. The one thing I think they're going to have to look at, um, and maybe now because they're powered by PDGA, not that it's that much bigger, is having... Um, I don't know that they're going to be able to afford it, but a paid position to keep scores in tournaments. It's all been voluntary yeah. voluntary um, through this entire time that they've used the U-Disc to track. Yeah. And I know while watching live coverage of this, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Tour Championship, there were lots of poor scorekeeping errors happening. Interesting. There was multiple times where it was like, no, why does it say this? Because that person definitely just took a five right there, but it's a three on U-Disc on, you know, on the Chiron mm, down below or whatever. I hadn't um, seen that on previous tournaments. No, neither have I, which is the craziest thing. But I know, like, watching the live coverage and uh, the U-Disc guys are awesome. They're, like, they're commentating, and I, I keep the comments open. And there was on on the like first card of the first day, which ended up having like two out of the best scores on it. Yeah. Um, by whole like fourteen, they had to some send somebody out to take over because the person was doing such a poor job. Interesting. Keeping the scores yeah, wow. clean, which shouldn't be an issue. But when you're having you know volunteers, like who knows? So that is something they're going to have to think about if it's you know if you're going official. I mean, they do still. I take it back. They can continue to do that, and the, but they'll have to continue to do it the same way they are. There is paper that the yeah. pros do keep, and they do keep paper uh, throughout it, and then they make sure it matches up. Yeah, you still have to sign a scorecard. They do, and you know, I could see it going digital at some point purely, but you know, it might be that uh, the pros pass around a phone rather than a volunteer. Uh, no, I think they'll for. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that for sure the they still have to sign scorecards, and uh, yeah, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. But maybe soon. with the power of PDGA for like the larger tournaments, they, um, 
you know, it's a paid position. It's not, you know, maybe it's a $50 stipend or something and there's training or I don't know. Here's a Thunderbird. Get after it. Yeah. Here's a, yeah. here's a Paul McBeth vulture. Yeah. Pitter patter. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, by the way, before we uh, get to the very next point, well, we can finish, we can wrap this. And before we get to um, our call, um, have we learned anything else about uh, pros signing anywhere? Not that. No, I don't think so. I do feel like we shed some good light. I feel like the uh, the freight train of Paul Beth to Discraft has dissipated some. Yeah, I think I I I'm gonna stand by what I said. I actually hear I actually heard like through not great sources, but just as good as the ones prior that uh, Innova is going above and beyond what the Discraft. I I I'll stand by what I said last week. This was a full on from the Macbeth camp uh, PR move to get a better deal from Innova by the, Hannah Macbeth. I, I'm I'm sure that Paul has lots of people working for him. DGI. So, um, but this this was full on a PR move to uh to get the best deal possible for him. So he's, I, he's a smart man. I, I you know, and I I get that the people had some great information that that sounded uh plausible, but that's the point of a good PR move is that it has to sound plausible. So listen, they're offering Paul three ham sandwiches a day. During every tournament he's in, <laughs> he's signing. I think it'd take just just a little more. He doesn't seem like a ham sandwich kind of guy. Probably not. No, I feel like he would be like a portobello mushroom. Um, no, he's probably weird like, like you some and, like and doesn't like condiments. He just wants some like he just have like prosciutto like roast beef dry roast beef sandwich on sourdough roast beef is a very juicy meat that is not dry at all you're tripping <laughs> all right uh, lunch meats are not dry <laughs> all right i just want to put that out there so we haven't done it in the last few weeks uh because mostly joe and i have been a little bit lazy about it but we do have our raptor range where we take calls from listeners you can email us a soundbite at the disc golf podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll play it on the show and answer your questions. You know, whatever it ends up being, maybe make fun of you. Pro- probably, probably make fun of you. Um, you can also call the phone line 707-939-5476 and leave a message to Google Voice number there. So um, check it out if you want to hit it. We'll we'll uh, do our best to play them, but sometimes we get a little behind. So I appreciate it if you've sent them, and we we hope to get to them. This one is from John Hallis. He's got a couple of uh, of questions and some ace stories here, too. So here we go. Hey, Robin and Joe. This is John from Orlando, Florida. I'm calling in with a ace call slash disc golf question. I've had a couple of kind of gray area aces in the last year, kind of fall between a good ace and a cubby ace. Thought I'd call in to the famous disc golf answer guys and try and get some clarity Gams. be a big weight off my shoulders the gags which ones are good and which ones are cubbies so the first one i was prepping for a tournament with a buddy of mine we were playing in different divisions so i was playing from the longer pads difficult hole uh 350 feet starts off in a tunnel and then it kind of opens up at the end but there's a big mound with an elevated basket not really a hole that you'd ever ace through my shot wasn't great a little too low finished about 100 feet short my buddy threw from the shorter pads Put it right into the basket. 
started talking shit. Ooh. I Bleep. gave him a hard time about playing from the short pads. Don't worry, no one will ever hear that. No problem from there. <laughs> Grabbed my trust pass and just ripped it as hard as I could. It was still only halfway through its flex when it just smashed straight in the chains. Very lucky. It was probably going 150 feet past if it didn't go in. Pretty much the definition it's of like a 150 ace. miles per hour. But there's a couple mitigating factors. I did call it. And I was throwing a disc golf podcast trespass. Counts. Second no. one, um, one of our courses, hole 18, finishes up, and you're not near the cars. So you have to walk back through the fairway of nine to get back to the cars. Most people kind of play it as the 19th hole. This one, it was a first shot. Uh, short, kind of easy par three. Threw a little flex forehand. Dropped it straight in. That was my first flick ace. But it's not really on the scorecard. It's an extra hole. Not sure if it counts. Definitely counts. The last one. So far, we're two for two. No, that one counts first now. (laughs) Just a nice, clean ace on video in a tournament. They were uh, running a little promotion. It wasn't a PDGA tournament. Pause, pause, pause. pause, pause, An ace on. In a tournament on film, it was just too good of an ace. Does that count? Yeah, that definitely got a little braggy towards the end there. Be like, "Uh, you know. I just threw the perfect shot. It was like 415 feet uh, with, an mean, a- with an AVR. Right. It was and, on Sports uh, Center. Um, I actually won $10,000 with that ace also. I was actually making out with my super hot girlfriend when I released the... I actually, she got pregnant right then, too. I don't even know how. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Went right into the chains. Uh, I didn't really even care because like it happens to me all the time. It was on film. And I'm like, oh, I'll just watch this later because it's on film. <laughs> Uh, I actually didn't watch it go in. I watched it on film later because I was making a really super hot girlfriend. <laughs> Does that count? Does, does that count? Does me making out with my super hot girlfriend and me inv- seeing the finish <laughs> on film invalidate the fact that it's an ace? With my $10,000 <laughs> prize. Go and posted it to their social media. You got a free handle. Oh, wait. They, they also posted it to their social media. And uh, Jack Daniels. Free handle Jack Daniels. One of the guys on my card, his girlfriend was caddying for us, and she was videoing on any of the holes she thought someone might ace. I was first up on the card. Uh, She's my girlfriend now. Threw a T bird (laughs) over the top on kind of a short hole, but with a really tight fairway. You can kind of float it over the top and dropped right in. Couldn't have been happier. Only problem that prevents it from being, you know, the best kind of ace. I'm 14, I can take the handle. So everyone gets an extra shot on each hole. Not sure. It was my first shot. Not sure if that uh, prevents it from being the nice, clean ace that I want it to be. But I'd be happy to hear you guys weigh in and give me some shit. And thanks. You're three for three, John. You got three aces. No, stop. Stop. That's no. Listen, I don't. No. No. I don't care if you dink your putt from 10 feet with a DGP disc. It counts. That putt counts. If you throw a 15th shot with a DGP disc and it goes in the basket, that is an ace because it's a DGP disc. That's part of the benefits of buying one. Those shots count. That's why you get these discs. 
90% so, of Robin's step bag it, is DGP disc. Just throw so you guys know, stuff Robin almost only carries DGP disc. That's the only reason he's telling Just you this. Just hit it up. Throw stuff at stuff.com. Get yourself a DGP disc, and you can have aces just like John. No, stop, stop, it's, stop. They're, the first they're one, up there. first they're one, no. Everyone. First one, no. First one, no. No. <sighs> you did something super rad. You can brag about it. You can talk shit forever. But no, that was not an ace. That was not, no. I. The second one, the second one, um, I say yes. We could have sold uh, so think, many discs right now, I think we now, all, Joe. we still will. We still will because people love us. Uh, look at yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself they love us. You'll mm-hmm. understand. Um, the second one, totally. There are holes like that on a few of our courses where it's like you wrap up and there's like alternate tea. Like, oh, you didn't know about this tea over here? Like, this is our funsy extra thing. But if tons of people play it and it's a known uh, commodity. Yeah, alternate hole, alternate whatever it hole, is. Totally. I, I for sure yep. support that. 100% um, counts. That is is definitely an ace, and the third I think you like just want to rub it in. Of course, that's an ace. Yeah, of course, that is <laughs> the, absolutely an ace. If it if it counts on your scorecard in a tournament like that, that's an ace. Yeah, so hundred percent. We we're talking about we talked about this in the pre-show, so we'll bring no, we'll no, you a little bit. No, we'll get feedback from our patrons on that one. We'll we'll hit it on on. No, no, no. Thing. I'm not talking about whole one. I'm talking about oh, something okay. different. No, not not that. I'm saying. Um, I would also count, and this might be controversial, if you are playing in a doubles tournament, like a local doubles tourney, and you have the Cali, mm-hmm. which means you can choose out of like any of your throws yep. to throw a second. If you throw a second drive with your Cali and you put in the basket and it counts as an ace on the scorecard, I will count it. Yep. I agree. I agree. I agree. We should also, uh, I'll just hit the cubby ace part of it because he says cubby ace, and a cubby ace doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's an ace that doesn't count. Uh, what uh, Cubbage used to do was he'd set up a camera and he would film himself taking multiple shots on a kind of short aceable hole. So he would throw, you know, 15, 20, 30, 50 discs, however many it took at, at a certain hole until he aced it so he can get an ace on film. So um, just because you took a second shot and you hit an ace doesn't necessarily make it a, a cubby ace. Like It's still not an ace. It, but it, Specifically in, in, uh, in John's case where he was just kind of like doing it to, to talk shit to his friend, I wouldn't call that a cubby ace necessarily. It was just kind of like a sweet shot. But if, if you're setting up at a hole... And you're gonna you're throwing multiple shots at the same basket, whether it's for practice or for whatever. That's a cubby ace. Like, um, speaking of which, if you are playing in a tournament with your buddy and he's in a different division, and you do uh, throw said disc from his tee pad in the basket, um, you could actually get stroked for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Courtesy violation. That is a courtesy violation. You're not allowed to just throw a random <laughs> disc from a random spot. Um, so less than being an ace, uh, you you just got stroked, bro. Yeah. So uh, Joe says you're two for three. I say you're three for three because you're rocking the swag. So. And once again, Robin throws DGP discs almost every hole. Yeah, and I always win. So. Hey, why don't you putt with DGP disc? You'd get birdies all the time. That would be a good idea. That would probably save me like 11 strokes. <laughs> lately. <laughs> <laughs> and by uh, lately, I mean three months ago because Robin doesn't play anymore. 
That's not true. Why are you being mean to me? Because I want you know you it hurts. I want you to play disc golf with me. You <laughs> like every time you're like, yeah, let's go play. And then I'm like, all right. You're like I don't. No, I can't. I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like your face. I'm gonna stay home. Some literal quote, <laughs> right there. <laughs> like your beard is too epic. <laughs> <laughs> it scares me. It hurts my feelings. Yeah, that's definitely it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me question my own masculinity. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's uh. That's me, all right. Just wondering when I can, when I can aspire to be Joe and his beard. Just spends all the time. Well, I know a way to fix it. Oh dang! We still got more show. <laughs> this is a good. We one. can do our world famous deer review, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Disc Mania PD, which is a ten speed. Four glide, zero turn, three fade, uh, distance driver, and we're pairing that with Drift uh, Racer, Racer Hazy Double IPA by Bear Republic Brewing Company, which is an 8% Hazy Double IPA. I'm going to start with this beer. All right. Um, Get after it, beard man. They done, they done did a good job. This is one of the sneakiest beers I think we've ever reviewed. Are you going to do your beard and beer pairing? Well, in order to do that, I have to dip my beard and you have to suck it out of my no, beard. No, that's not happening. You can. Oh, well, you don't have a beard that I could, that you can dip in this. So yeah, no, I guess not. we can't. I guess we can't. That's by design. I, I would never want to be in a situation where that was possible. So somebody's jealous. Um, <laughs> this beer is amazing. This is actually my third night in a row drinking it. Um, I bought one kind of because I was like, oh, I love Bear Republic. They're local. Looks neat. They haven't really done a hazy that I know about. Let me check it out. And it uh, was awesome. So I've continued. It is, like I was saying before, like one of the sneakiest beers that I have ever had. Like this podcast, regardless it uh it's a, a it's definitely a more juice based hazy um super drinkable uh it's for got, sure doesn't taste like it's eight percent no that's that's my whole point it is eight percent and i could drink it um and and feel like it's like a uh, a hopped up like wit beer that's like a four and a half summer shandy yeah it's it, it crazy for, for sure time. it embodies that hazy juice style uh ipa that that kind of you know new england style sort of thing um and extremely smooth it has nice kind of bitter finish but very much kind of a juice ipa um and you really can't tell that it's eight percent at all it's certainly the kind of beer that i th- think has to be pretty fresh yeah, I would assume so. I mean, it is fresh. It's so fresh that we couldn't find any reviews anywhere, uh, which is good. I like that. Um, but it's definitely like the fruity, tropical, like almost grapes. Yeah. Um. Th- yeah, it's it's like it's the epitome of like a juice, a juice hazy, which not overly citrusy either. Which no, is, which no, is it's like, it's almost more like it's more fruity than it is citrus. Yeah, which is kind of different. Um, it's got a little bit of bitter at the end. 
Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's it still has super your, smooth. your hoppy kind of bitter finish to it. Maybe even a little bit dry, but, uh, not, yeah. not too bad. But like in a dry, like champagne way, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's for 8%. It blows me away. Yeah. Um, this lives in that world like not with the taste but in the way that it, how boozy it is for how it hits like reminds me of like le fin du monde or mm-hmm. uh delirium tremens were like oh this is like a really like tasty nice beer oh shit it has hella booze in it okay <laughs> rad um it's it's super drinkable um it does definitely have that like cloudy um hazy color to it yeah it's it's fantastic i'm uh i agree I love as it. someone who loves the crazy super like piney hop beers um this is a nice like step back let me just like hey. chill out yeah hey bear republic can we get this in tall cans oh they don't have cans at all do they, they? don't let's hit them up they like us they sent us beer in the past not that they're gonna make cans for us but uh they yeah. got a they got a new operation too. Wouldn't that be great if Racer Five ended up in in uh, in cans and got distributed, so people could appreciate like how wonderful this brewery is that's so close to us. Speaking of which, like, I have... one of the like best IPAs we've ever had is Racer Five. Yep, and and uh, it's just underappreciated around the around the United States and the world too, but mostly you know outside the U.S. You're not going to see it. But um, but this does come in twelve ounce bottles and twenty two ounce bottles <laughs> that fit very well into a bottle keeper. Fantastic! And they're the tall twelve uh, ounce bottles, which we have multiple bottle keepers for. Also, um, this is a home run beer. I agree. Um, but before we <laughs> say it in the score, which we kind of just did already, let's talk about the disc. All right. So the Discmania PD again. It's a ten speed, four glide, zero turn, and three fade. Um, yeah, those numbers are right. Um, it, yep. It's it's a um, it's a step up from your control drivers in you know just getting into what we consider to be distance driver speed. Uh, pretty stable. Uh, even even over stable. We have a, a G line one that that uh, we threw. I also have a bunch of C line ones that I've thrown. Yep. Um, that are dramatically more stable even than this G-Line one. Like, honestly, I threw the G-Line one with you, and I was kind of shocked that it was as stable as it was. Totally. Um, And having thrown the other ones around, you know, decently, because there was a period of time where where I was like, well, maybe a PD will work for me um, as, as like a Thunderbird... Faster Thunderbird, well, like think, more I, stable. Like, I feel like you had this PD before you had a Thunderbird. I did, I did. Um, and but it was when I was trying to feel out that range of speed and what I wanted to do with it, and I ended up putting it away because it was more stable than I expected it to be, um, and and really wasn't what I was hoping. Um, but it's still a very usable disc. It, it's just my problem was finding where its place was with Firebirds and Thunderbirds and some of those other discs that are also pretty stable and go similar distance to them. Um, ultimately, I used it on a lot of forehand shots, 
which which worked out really well and and I liked it for that but it was it's just in general kind of a pretty stable um distance driver it's going not going to fade as much as some of the other uh, overstable ones but still still pretty solid and you're going to get decent distance out of it nothing crazy but you're not going to have to worry about it in the wind and yeah yeah, well, so it's, I'll tell you right like, now. It's it's a good disc, but it's kind of a boring disc. Yeah, so we threw it. So there's two things I want to say. One, uh, we threw it with Thunderbirds and with the Criminal, right? So the Criminal that we reviewed last week yeah. had similar numbers. Criminal, million times more beef. Oh, yeah. Million times oh, more beef. Yeah. Um, it's definitely just a tick more stable um, and... And comparably fast, I guess. I mean, it is faster than the Thunderbird, but it's not yeah. blatantly more, uh-huh. or it's not blatantly faster. It's just more yeah, They're going to land in the same general area. Right, right. Just um, a little more left for the And PD. then the second thing that I, I want to say is it's it's G-Star, or G-Line, sorry, uh, was a little different. And I know, Robin, we have some C-Lines. Um, there's probably an S-Line hanging out somewhere, too. With that said, Discmania is manufactured the same place as Innova. That stuff, you, you got to work it in. You got to put some time into yep. it, and it's going to make it fly different. And neither one of us has put any time into nope. PDs. Exactly. So I totally understand the world of people being like, oh, PDs, that's my jam. You um, just got to work it a little bit. You just got to work it a little bit. But when you can just go get a Thunderbird and be like, yep, that's what I want. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. It yeah, is I can faster. see a PD it's got getting a more beef. Yeah, I can see a PD getting worked into a a range where it's a longer Thunderbird. Yes, you know. But, yes, but off the shelf, they're pretty overstable. Right. Oh, totally. Just like a Thunderbird, uh, you got to put in that time. Um, and I mean, like speaking of that, like I don't. When I want that overstable more than a Thunderbird, I'm going to go Sexy Bird. Yeah. I'm going to go, uh, I mean, at this point, <laughs> Criminal. Like, It's such a small difference mm-hmm. that I can understand the world of like, I throw for Disc Mania, like I throw PDs, I don't throw Thunderbirds, totally. Or I've been throwing PDs since like 1998 when it came out. I just made that number up. Um, it's probably past that, but I know 100% the PD was around before the Thunderbird. So I could see people being like, I throw PDs cause that's what I've been throwing forever. Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. I just haven't touched because, um, I've, I've so ingrained in PDs, yeah. but neither one of us really found this niche until the Thunderbird. Yeah. Um, and have, and have jumped onto that pretty yeah hard. I think the forehand shot's a big thing for the PDs. Um, I, I think that it's a, a disc that's really suitable for that. Um, and and you know that extra stability makes makes up for some form flaws in a in a in a forehand shot. So I could see that being a, a big part of it. Uh, I, overall, good disc. I, I really it's it's one of those discs that falls in that category where. I could you could put any PD in my hand and be like, okay, I know what I can do with this, and and I can make use of it, and I can use it as my overstable driver, um, you know, for for this, this, and this, and yeah, I, it just wasn't like blowing me away with with what it was doing. That that's 
Yeah, I, it reminded me a little bit of the uh, the fortress. I'm just trying to get the full the full run through tri- trilogy through yeah. whatever. Um, fortressy, like a faster, more stable Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if either one of us had more arm speed and we were we were crushing, crushing, this would be a beautiful thing for us. But mm-hmm. we're, we're not there. The Thunderbird does plenty. Um, obviously, the Thunderbird is there. I don't know other <laughs> other brands than, yeah. than those two or those three. If you well, throw there in the aren't, Thunderbird, there aren't Nova. a ton of ten speed discs. You know, it's not. It's not as common of a of a, a speed as some of the other ones. So yeah, but I feel like it lives in the the ten nine, depending on arm yeah. speed. Yep. Like I don't know that either one of us were really getting the full like ten ten out of it. Yeah. Um. It like Robin said, it was in very close to the world of the Thunderbird. Um. I definitely got some good snaps. It felt good. Um. It would go straight for a while before it hooked up. Um. But it wasn't anything insanely bigger than what my Thunderbirds did. You've said Thunderbird like forty-five times. Well, because I love my Thunderbird. I know you do, but I'm I'm just, just, just trying to help. Um, Firebird is also a disc. I just want to say different <laughs> disc that that wasn't the one that you told me. I kept saying, um, it's a cool disc. And Basically, I, what I we're trying if, to say if, is if that you we are, like... If you are a PD thrower, there's no reason to go away from it at all. No, of course um, not. Especially if you're like, I've never thrown a Thunderbird, but I throw PDs. I know I said it again. <laughs> um, you can you can stick with your PD and not worry about it. Um, reason- Actually, you should still check out a word that I shouldn't say because Robin's making fun of me. But I'm going to do it again. Um, if you've thrown PDs forever... And you love them, and like you lose your favorite one that's all beat in. Because you love Thunderbird. <laughs> um, it, reasons that you would throw a, a PD over over some of these other discs, I'd say if you've got a nice, uh, like some of these other discs, I'm not going to say that thing that I just talked about. If you've got a, a powerful arm and uh, and you're looking for a a kind of. Uh, low end on the distance driver that's going to be overstable or you can get some straight flight out of it and then a decent fade and not have to worry about it the pd is going to be perfect i it just it really will so just overall dependability on on a disc like this you're not going to get anything unpredictable out of it there's no there's no finicky nature to it you're going to get a disc that can hold a straight path and then it's going to get a decent fade and it's not going to have any trouble with headwinds so that'd be my my synopsis on that one. I concur. All right, so we are all in on the beer. Uh, doesn't sound like either of us is gonna gonna bag the PD. No, right? You're gonna use a Thunderbird or a sexy bird, or <laughs> yeah, I'm using. Well, honestly, for the flights that I got out of the PD, the only thing that I really would want outside of the Thunderbird I, I've now bagged the criminal for. Whatever, you can just keep <laughs> giggling. Um, if you're uh, playing along at home, this is the new DGP drinking game for this episode. Just restart it, fire up fire up them shots. Honestly, like if you wanted to drink off of what we did just based on our deer reviews, um, if you understand like the majority of our ba- – if, like, if you put Trespass, FD, and Thunderbird – as yeah 
as like the drinking points, you'll get shit canned because basically those are the the three biggest molds that we base other discs off of. Mm-hmm. Um, putters we put very very different putters. I guess they're not very different, but we our putters are very different. But like the big distance drivers that we are into are most similar to trespasses. FDs are every or oh, oh, zones can be in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the real like. If you hear any of those five keywords, just drink up and you'll get shit canned. Um, this Bru- beer is yeah. fantastic. It is fant. This is. Uh, I don't know if it was just a one hitter. It's not going to be. Not, this is going to be a, a regular. It has to. Be. I hope so. It's, I hope so. It's too good for it just to hit once. Yeah. Um. I and I hope that that means that it'll get uh, national uh, distribution as well. So yeah, that'd be great. All right, so we're two for four. Uh, neither of us wants the disc uh, in our bag, but the beer is fantastic. What what do we got here, Joe? Uh, this is the need for there to be like a disc golf challenge <laughs> with cool events. <laughs> like uh, half of us, you know, the two out of four is one half. Half of us, uh, myself, thinks it's the greatest idea ever. And the other half, you, <laughs> think it's dumb, which is ridiculous. It's fantastic. Uh, please... Send some comments, make some phone calls, um, make sure Robin understands that a disc golf challenge could be the coolest thing for disc golf. Well, I mean, beer skid ball would be, would be amazing. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm 100% in. Disket, I feel disk, like you were just making that up, and I'm I, I sold. Disc ball, beer skit, deer biscuit ball? Beer, beer, beer skit disc? Discuit beer? I don't know. I think we said discuit, discuit ball. That was what we decided it was called. I'm down. We're going to try it. We're going to play it. I'm ready. The other stuff you talked about, not only was it completely unoriginal because you're talking about like putting challenges and distance competitions and stuff that like already oh, happens. But then, no. And, and, and I listened. I listened <laughs> to you and I said, you know what? You're right. Let me bring up some cooler events <laughs> that uh, could really show off what these what these young ladies and gentlemen can do. And I think I nailed it. <laughs> I'm pretty positive now, but all right. Well, that's all we got for you on this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. We thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. There's discs up there. We have a list of all of our episodes. We have a list of all the deer reviews we've done. So the disc and beer pairing, if you want to look and see what we've reviewed uh, and and go to a specific episode, you can check that out and, and uh, make sure and figure that out. Also, we have a link on that website to join our Slack group, an awesome chat app where we've got a whole bunch of disc golf podcast uh, listeners that are in there. You can chat all day about disc golf and various channels. Awesome place. We love it. And then lastly, check out our Patreon patreon.com slash disc golf podcast we record a pre-show every single week so you get a second disc golf podcast episode just by joining patreon we actually gave away 10 discs this week so um to our patrons our wonderful awesome patrons just randomly selected and sending them out so uh be sure to join we we do our best to give back to our patrons and uh we love them very much so thank you everyone for listening get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff
This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up. Fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you wanna put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hug it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hug it.